Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. We are privileged as Christians to have the inspired Word of God at our fingertips. I invite you to open it with me right now to um, 2 Kings chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 14 and 15 of 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings 5, verses 14 and 15. And it reads, So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him. And he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. Good morning and happy Sabbath. You know, being up here, being up here gives you um, a bird's eye view to the beauty of God's creation. You are all looking good from up here. But I must say, it's, uh, it's humbling to be up here. And yet it's a daunting task, as you might know. So pray for me as we go through this sermon. Before we begin, let's have a word of prayer together. Merciful Father, thank you for giving us this privilege to be in your house of worship together. We are so humbled to be in your presence, and we ask for your forgiveness of our sins. We ask that you may speak to each one of us this morning, dear Father. We praise you, we honor you, we glorify your name, and we thank you for hearing and answering our prayer, because we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Alex was his name. He was very good and very popular at soccer. Everyone liked him, both on and off the soccer field. Dribbling his way through defenders was so easy for him, and he played those tricks that nobody else could do. And as a young person myself, I truly admired Alex. He was my idol. And I wanted to be associated with him. As a matter of fact, I wanted to be like Alex when I grew up. Until I found out that he had a learning disability. Something I now know as dyslexia. But as a 12-year-old, it did not make sense to me 
that someone who was so good at soccer, someone who was so popular, could not read. I couldn't imagine someone like Alex needing help, but he did. You and I know someone that we or society holds in such high esteem but needs some kind of help. You know, a few years ago, Business Insider reported the following. On October 12, the International Cycling Union confirmed seven-time Tour de France winner Lance Armstrong had been doping for 13 out of the 19 years he had been professionally cycling. Armstrong was stripped of his title, including a bronze Olympic medal. And Armstrong, who created the Livestrong brand, lost an estimated $75 million in sponsorship deals and had to pay $15 million in legal fees and $21 million in settlements. Here's another one for you. In 2013, one of celebrity chefs Paula Dean's employees sued her. Guess what? Accusing her of racial discrimination. The lawsuit was ultimately dismissed, but not before, not before Dean was dropped by the Food Network and lost her endorsements. She also upset some fans by keeping listen to this, by keeping her diabetes a secret until the day she endorsed a new diabetes drug after years of promoting recipes heavy in sugar and fat. She attempted a comeback, obviously, in 2018 with a new cooking show on RFD-TV. But the truth is that we know somebody who is not in the public eye, somebody who is not popular, who also needs help. As a matter of fact, I saw him in the mirror this morning. Truth is, we all need God's grace, which is ours for the asking. Rereading the story of Naaman, and thank you, Tony, for the scripture reading. Rereading the story of Naaman a few weeks ago sort of refreshed my perspective. And I thought it's one that we could all relate to because it applies to my life. And I think it applies to our lives today. In Second Kings, we read the story about Naaman. Please turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5. And we'll read from verse 1 through verse 16. 2 Kings chapter 5. We'll read from verse 1 through verse 16. And scripture says, Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master 
and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier. And listen to this. But he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. This is a king. By all means, the king says, go. And the king replied, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothes. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. Verse 7, As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of the leprosy. Are not Aban and Papha, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. He was upset. Verse 13, Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great things, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. And then finally, verse 16 there, The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. You know, friends, in this story, there are many lessons 
that are, are very applicable to my life, to our lives. And I thought we would spend some time just looking at some nuggets that I found. There were six of them that I found, but there are many more. Let's limit it to six. The first one is this. No matter how powerful, no matter how good-looking, how educated, how wealthy, how charismatic, how funny or influential or knowledgeable, even about scripture we are, we are vulnerable. All of us are vulnerable. Naaman was wealthy, powerful. In fact, he was second in command to the king. An outstanding warrior who led Syria to victory against Israel. But underneath his armor, underneath all of his military gear, Naaman's body was rotting. He had leprosy, essentially a death sentence. Although he was still in active duty, he knew that his days were numbered. He knew his death sentence was simply suspended for as long as the disease would ravage his body. And for us, no matter how great life seems now, we always must remember how vulnerable we are. When we look in the mirror, perhaps do an honest self-reflection, self-assessment, we may be brave enough to see our own leprosy or our own imperfection and to acknowledge that we are in desperate need of God's grace. In some cases, our leprosy or whatever we need help with is visible to others like it was for Naaman. But in other cases, our leprosy is not visible to others. But if we are honest with ourselves, we know what it is. We know what it is. God's grace is sufficient for both the visible and invisible leprosy. God can help us. Lesson number two. God's message is often simple and straightforward. Go wash yourself in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored and you shall be clean. No red tape. No mention of any form of payment. American Express, Visa, MasterCard. There was nothing extraordinary that Naaman needed to do. We too often Complicate God's message. For some reason, for some reason, simple instructions are hard for us to accept. I would have asked, should I dip myself before I shower or after I shower? And what time of the day is best for me to dip myself? And should I keep my clothes on or should I take them off when I go dip myself? Should I fast and pray before I dip myself? I likely would have doubted Elisha, checked him out on his rankings as a prophet, or what kind of reviews he might have. I would have talked to my wife first, 
to make sure that she was on board with this idea. Perhaps even called my prayer partner about it so they could help me pray about it. I would have given it some thought, perhaps even analyzed why the Jordan, what is in the Jordan? What if it doesn't work? What's my plan B? What's my plan C? Sometimes I wonder what it is about us that we find it hard to take simple instructions. We overthink, we overanalyze God's word, God's instructions. These instructions may have been too simple for Naaman, you know, and I think that's why he was upset. Lesson number three. God does not always do things our way. Hello. God does not always do things our way. Naaman was a general. What would people think of him if he went and dipped himself in the Jordan River? I'm thinking here about the paparazzi waiting to take pictures of Naaman so they could publish them in the tabloids. There were perhaps better options, better rivers where he could dip himself than dipping himself in the muddy, dirty Jordan River. We do the same. We do the same. We want the best doctors, the best hospitals, so we can tell the story afterwards about how it all went down. But that's often not God's plan. It's not oftentimes God's design. Don't we sometimes want to use our wealth, our popularity, listen to this, our health message and knowledge? We too wonder what people will think of us. And if this indeed is what God intended for us, especially, especially if God's way seems embarrassing in the sight of others. We try to convince ourselves there has to be another way. There has to be a better way. Sometimes, even as Christians, we have set expectations from God that God will answer our prayers in certain ways. Only in certain ways. We forget that God tells us, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. So this morning, I wanted to remind us that we should not be rigid in our expectations of God, but leave ourselves open because we just never know which direction God will lead us. Lesson number four. Ha! Here's a good one. To check our pride so we don't miss our blessings. To check our pride so we don't miss our blessings. Did you notice Elisha did not come out of the house to talk to Naaman. He sent a messenger to meet and give a message to Naaman, which I think upset Naaman. I imagine that Naaman was proud of his achievements and his status in society. I don't know if he had a chip on his shoulder. I don't know. 
but we sometimes have a chip on our shoulders. He was going to walk away because I think he may have felt disrespected. The reality is that pride in all of us shows up in many different ways. Sometimes we, are, we think we are better than others. Other times we think certain roles are beneath us or even that we should be treated in a special way because we are educated, because we are wealthy, perhaps because we live in Midland, or get this, because we are Seventh-day Adventist. The gist of the matter is here is that we may miss our blessings because we think we are more special than others or are looking to be treated in a special way compared to everybody else. Yet blessings may come in different forms and shapes, even from those we think are beneath us. You know, a few years ago, my wife and I were traveling to Texas through Atlanta. Unfortunately, our flight got diverted and ended up in North Carolina due to bad weather. And so we missed our connection in Atlanta. It was crowded at the gate as all of us were trying to talk to the agent to help us. Suddenly a man walked up and started to tell the agent if she knew who he was and how important it was for him to get on the next flight. She told him she was trying her best to help everyone in the right order. And I think as a result of his lack of humility, he ended up spending the night in Atlanta. We do the same sometimes. We need to check our pride and have humility so we don't miss our blessings. Lesson number five. God asks us for 100% obedience. God asks us for 100% obedience. I imagine that in order to dip himself in the Jordan, perhaps Naaman woke up early in the morning, early in the morning to avoid the crowd so he would not be seen by too many people. And I wondered, what if it was in the winter? Poor guy, he must, it must have been difficult for him to dip himself in freezing water. He may have even wondered, why seven times? Why not just one time? Or maybe two times. Why seven times? I also wondered when I read this story, whether he thought of dipping himself in the river, not just part of the body that was infected with leprosy, but his whole body. He may have asked that question. It's the same for us. God does not ask us for partial obedience. God never leaves anything partially done. When we have complete obedience to him, whatever he does for us is complete and it is well done. If we are all in, God is all in as well. Here's the last one. Lesson number six. 
we are all imperfect, yet God works with us. He only asks us to have faith and to trust him. We are all imperfect, yet God works, still works with us. Still works with us. He only asks us to have faith and to trust him. Naaman was a Syrian, a non-believer, not even a Jew. A successful and imperfect human being, yet God healed him. I'll say that again. A successful and imperfect human being, yet God healed him. There are some of us who are hesitant to come to Jesus because of the things we did in the eyes of God. Things we say to someone or something that happened to us. We might be wondering what God thinks of us because of the gravity of the sins we recently committed or committed in the past. Sometimes they worry about our health. They worry about our children. They worry about our grandchildren, our finances, the troubles of life. Those weigh so heavily on us. And we have been praying and praying. Sometimes it feels like for so long. And we wonder about God's grace. And if it is sufficient even for some of us. It may even be getting hard and harder to pray or to talk to God. Friends, I want to remind us and reassure you that God meets us exactly where we are, in our imperfect state. I encourage you, don't lose heart. If he did it for Naaman, he can help you and me as well. In the book, in 2 Kings chapter 5, there, there are many more nuggets, especially if you read the whole chapter. But in closing, I wanted to share the following from Bill Knott. On July 26, 2023, Bill Knott wrote the following on his daily devotional webpage called Grace Notes. Some of you might know that, Grace Notes. The title of the devotional is Below the Surface, Grace Meets the Fear We Cannot Speak. And it goes, When we add all our compliments to all the things we wish were true, there is still so much we are glad the world doesn't know about us. Deep within, we know the truth about the real lives we live, the tempers we cannot control, the people we've tried to control, the passions that seem far beyond. Our hearts are heavy with indictments. We break our vows. We hurt our friends. We fail to do the good we could. And from the vast abundance of his grace, the Father speaks to our distress. I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart 
and give you a tender, responsive heart. The promise of new life within brings all God's goodness to us. We cannot save us ourselves, but Jesus loves to save us. We cannot fix ourselves, so he rebuilds what pride and lust have broken. Grace meets the fears we cannot speak, the brokenness we sought to hide, the self-accusing words we use to motivate others. God's heart of love will heal us yet. My prayer is that today will be a new beginning for you and me, just like it was for Naaman. Amen. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you are a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.